Thanks for tuning into my new show, Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. I'm Steve Ray, author of the book, How to Get U.S. Market Ready. And in my previous podcast, I shared some of the lessons I've learned from 30 years in the wine and spirits business, helping brands enter and grow in the U.S. market. This series will be dedicated to the personalities who have been working in the Italian wine sector in the U.S., their experiences, challenges, and personal stories. I'll uncover the roads that they walked, shedding light on current trends, business strategies, and their unique brands. This episode is proudly sponsored by Vivino, the world's largest online wine marketplace. The Vivino app makes it easy to choose wine. Enjoy expert team support, door-to-door delivery, and honest wine reviews to help you choose the perfect wine for every occasion. Vivino, download the app on Apple or Android and discover an easier way to choose wine. Hi, this is Steve Ray. And welcome to this week's episode of Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People on the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm pleased today to have as a guest an an old friend in the industry, and I stress the word old, Adam Levy. Adam is the proprietor of a group of wine and spirits rating and competition events uh, under the umbrella of New York International. So, Adam, welcome to the show. Why don't you give us uh, a headline on what uh, the New York International Organization is all about and how you got here, because my understanding is you're a tech guy, not a wine guy. Well, I appreciate it, Uncle Steve, since you are the older man <laughs> of, the, uh, of, of, the, of this grouping here. So yeah, I founded the New York International Spirits Competition first uh, 13 years ago, followed by the wine competition and the beer competition in New York. And then I expanded globally eight years ago to Berlin and Melbourne, where we run beer, wine, spirits competitions there. And then five years ago, our Asia competition is based in Hong Kong uh, at this time. And that all falls under our group, the International Beverage Competition Group, which we're probably going to be changing a bit soon because we recently added a cheese competition, which we just held back in July uh, two months ago, which was an interesting experience. Deal with perishable products compared to deal with beer, wine, and spirits and their type of audience and judging. But yeah, so we've been around 13 years. Uh, I did come from, I still have an internet security company based in New York, but uh, my passion and my love is definitely uh, the world we live in today, beer, wine, spirits, and things I can consume. Okay. I like to say bad things for you that you can put into your mouth. I used to work in ice cream and cigars. So that's kind of where those fit in. Okay. You like wines. A lot of people that like wine and spirits and all that kind of stuff, but but this, uh, it's a big big ask. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to put on these competitions. How do you, you've got a day job running another company. How do you find the time to do this? And why do you think you're continuing to do it? What's the reward that you get at the end of the day? I really enjoy this industry. To be honest, the the tech world is a very uh, restrictive world for me. It's, I can't be creative. I can't launch new things. I, I'm not able to uh, let my creative mind go since I deal with internet security. I don't like you being creative in internet security. They like things locked down. Disaster recovery is the main theme and intrusion protection is the main theme. So you want to be creative, go somewhere else. Uh, in this world, we live in beer, wine, and spirits. Uh, it's definitely more creative. And you know, working with producers, uh, I've always said for years, the winemaker, the distiller, the brewer, uh, they're, they're artists. And what's in the bottle or can, is that's their canvas. And I enjoy working with creative people on that end who enjoy creating product and creating things people can consume and enjoy. 
much more than dealing with the ones and zeros and firewalls. One of the big issues in the industry, in my consulting side, advising new brands coming to the U.S. market is the first question everybody gets is, do you have scores? Comment on that and how people should respond to the that kind of a, a vague question. Well, that's the nature of the beast. To ignore that, it's, it'd be, it doesn't make sense. I mean, basically, if someone's walking into a store or distributor meeting or import meeting, how do you score? How can, you make, how can you make my life easier when I get in front of a potential buyer or audience? And they want to see the metal. They want to see the score. That's the ecosystem we live in. And hopefully I'm a good vassal for uh, a new or an established producer who's looking to get into the New York market or more the U.S. market or other markets we work at to get there because we're the only competition out there. We're all our judges of trade buyers. That, that was my next question. So you got ahead of me there. But tell us what differentiates your competition from some of the others. What definitely differentiates our competition from all the other competitions out there from, my, from the beginning is that all our judges are trade buyers. And we judge the liquid by its category and by its price. So, for example, let's say we bring out 10 Cabernet Sauvignons from uh, Napa Valley. We say it's $30, $35, $45, $32, $47, a blind taste test. We ask the judges, would you buy it for that price? The idea is basically basically people buy based on price. Why not judge based on price? Because most people walk into a liquor store or the restaurant, whatever it is, okay, I want to spend 30 bucks for red wine. What do you recommend? I want to spend $15 for this situation. What do you recommend? People buy based on price. Why not judge based on price? And that's how we really separate ourselves from the beginning. We do this for all our competitions, beer, wine, and spirits, and also now cheese around the world. And again, we, we have top trade buyers judging. And for New York example, around 15 to 18% of the people who submit to our competition are not even sold in the United States. Uh, these are producers from around the world, especially from Italy, who are looking to get in front of real trade buyers. And our buyers are importers, they're distributors, they're retailers, the people make buying decisions, they're master psalms. These people buy, and they buy a lot. And that's why the producers overseas want to get in front of these trade buyers. Yeah, I think that's a, a point that's often overlooked. People can't get their products rated and reviewed by Wine Spectator, for example, or some other uh, resources. And yet the question still get asks and needs an answer. So you got to get ahead of it. So uh, New York International is, is one of those solutions. One of the questions I had, I've not been behind the scenes when you do this, how did all the complications of receiving, storing, organizing, accessing, you know, and then doing the tastings, how does that all happen? And is it all happen in one place, especially now with COVID, people can't gather. Tell me how you've adapted to that and how it was and where you're going in the future. I'm not telling you everything I do, <laughs> but I will uh, share some things. I'm not going to fully open the kimono, but you will see some leg. Uh, let's put it that way. For international producers who are not sold in the United States, uh, there's something that's needed called a COLA waiver, C-O-L-A which is needed to bring product into the United States that'll clear customs that they can be sampled in a non-for-sale situation, i.e. my competition. Uh, so we work with a company called Park Street Imports. Uh, there's also a company called MHW that also does this for you. Uh, they'll help you with the COLA waiver to get a product in. That's received at a warehouse called Western Carriers, uh, which is the largest liquid bonded warehouse in the East Coast, 1 million square feet, I believe, six to seven different warehouse locations. And then from there, we take the product to our warehouse where we then basically 
panel it, put it in sequence. Uh, and then if it's pre-COVID, we then take these bottles and samples to our tasting event in a blind taste test and to be blind tasted by the judges. COVID obviously changed things around. For the last two years in New York, we basically had to go virtual. And by doing that, we basically bought a whole lot of argon gas and a lot of uh, four ounce samples from Berlin packaging. And we basically poured samples from the wine into these four ounce samples with argon gas. And then we personally delivered all these samples, sometimes, you know, 100 plus samples into a box to all our judges who are trade buyers in the New York metropolitan area. We were driving to their business, to their retail store, to their import office, and to their home. Uh, and then they had a couple of days to blind taste and test them. So I recently just came back from my Berlin competition, which we held in Vienna. We did it in person, which was fortunate. And that situation, we basically did it all in one place. We received it one place, we set it up the same place, and we ran the competition at the same place, which is, for me, logistically, a wonderful experience. A lot less things moving around. So we have pivoted a bit because of COVID. Uh, we've gone virtual. I've been... All the years being nice to people has paid off, and our people in Melbourne, local staff, and our people in Hong Kong, our local staff, have been running it for me. We do the submission platform, we do the sequencing and the paneling, but they're the ones actually uh, setting it up and either doing it on site in Hong Kong or you know delivering it also virtually to the, the buyers in Melbourne. But it's the same model in, in all those different markets in terms of the trade, and, and how do you identify the trade people that you're going to be judges. I've been fortunate because I've been doing so many years, especially in New York for 13 years or Berlin or Melbourne for eight years or five years in Hong Kong, that I got to the point where a lot of my buyers are judging again. And some judge many years in a row. Or when they're there, they say, they're saying, hey, my friend Joe, my friend Jennifer, my friend this, who is also a buyer, would be a good fit for next year's panel. So I probably, at this point in the year of doing this competition, we're probably three quarters of the people judging new faces come from other judges, other trade buyers who say, hey, you should be on this panel. You would enjoy this experience. They want to be part of it. And also reputation solid. So having a good reputation in the industry of trade buyers, they also are reaching out to us also to say we're interested in judging. Okay. So I have a very personal question for you then is how come you haven't invited me to be a judge? Well, Steve, there's obviously the moral issue, but it really comes down to is that your role in the industry right now is not a buyer. You don't buy for a living. You're, you do not, you're not buying for your hotel. You're not buying for your import business. You're not buying for your distributor business. You're not buying at your retail store. You attend these events and we love seeing you as, as everyone loves seeing you, Steve, but you are not a buyer. <laughs> you may wear our swag and our t-shirt and stuff, but you, sorry, you do not qualify to be a, a judge. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll live with that. And I should point out when you talk about swag, one of my uh, favorite uh, things is I have a hat Adam developed, the alcohol professor hat. And on the back, it says the class you always wanted to take. And when I do my lectures at various universities and wherever, I wear my hat and people think I'm the alcohol professor, not you. Well, when they meet me, they obviously are much more pleasantly surprised meeting me. And uh, one nice thing about the alcohol professor, I can, if I may say so, is that it's, it's our site where we, it's a, I consider a prosumer site, which is a mix of pros and consumers, more of the people who are more knowledgeable as a consumer. And we cover beer, wine, and spirits on our website. Uh, we have an audience 
international, probably around 50% domestic, U.S. domestic and 50% from around the world. We cover beer, wine, and spirits. We publish around three, four times a week. I have a wonderful uh, editor, Amy Sherman, who's our editor, and she's the editor for the Cheese Professor site and the Alcohol Professor site. So I wanted one editor uh, to basically cover both things and more. We're going to so start doing more pairings. Uh, we want to start pairings of the cheese competition winners along with the wines that won in our competition, the same thing with beer and spirits. So I wanted one voice and one message that way. Uh, and Amy's been on board with us over a year. Uh, she replaced Amanda Schuster, did a wonderful job for me for many years at the Alcohol Professor site. And Amy's coming on board more for that universal message for cheese and other things we plan to do down the road. Can you give me some examples of how some award winners have used or leveraged the results of the competition to further their efforts in the U.S. for those who are not imported to get imported, for those who are already here to increase sales or increase uh, number of states? And what, what, what things kind of jump out at you those as having been very creative other than saying we won a gold medal or we, we got 90 points? Well, the easiest low-hanging fruit situation we have is when our trade buyers judge an amazing product and say, wow. And they ask me, after the competition's over, they go back and go to the bottles and say, well, who's, who's the importer? Who's, who's, who's selling it? I say, it's not being sold. So, okay, I want to buy it. And then in turn, you know, we are happily passed that, that contact information of the producer who submitted the competition that the trade bar is interested in buying it. We'll say, judge it in a blind taste test that this is a great product. We're going to bring it in. Or the distributor says, I have an importer who will bring that in for me. So that's the first long-hanging fruit. And then we see the producers who then won a medal, hopefully a medal that did well for them, and they will you know, canvas out to these import companies in the U.S. and say, hey, we did win a gold medal or a double gold medal or a silver medal. Maybe have this score of 93 or 95 or whatever score they have and say, hey, we know you cover other Italian wines. We think we're a good fit for you. Here are the medals we've won in our, in our competitions. And that gets interest. You know, if someone gets a an email saying, hey, I want to got a 95, the New York International Wine Competition, that's got a better chance of opening up than saying, hey, how are you? I have a wine for you. So if you can lead with, I got a 95 or a gold medal, that'll open the email. Let's talk about trends for a moment. Once I was uh, visiting Western Carriers, Mike Hodes is the president and he's, he's a friend, you know him as well as I do. And he said, if you just stand on the loading dock at Western Carriers for a day, you will have your finger on the pulse of what's happening in the U.S. market because you'll see everything being loaded onto trucks. And he's very right with that. Tell us about what you see as some of the trends happening in the U.S. market are. Uh, do you want beer, wine, and spirits or just focus on wine? Particularly Italian wines and then uh, also uh, Amaro's, Grappa's, and other Italian spirits. We definitely see an increased quality of, a, of good Italian wines arriving from small producers who are finally getting a voice or being able to be seen because of social media uh, in the U.S. Uh, they get they have a better chance of being discovered now with a good social media campaign. Say, oh, that's interesting. Can I get that in the U.S.? How can I get that? So we're starting to see more of that occurring. We definitely see an increased quality in grappa. The mystique or the naivete of what grappa is is definitely... Uh, as in, as grappas and qualities being available in the U.S. has improved, it's definitely taken away the, uh, like, I don't drink grappa. Grappa is only something you get something free after end of a meal. It's definitely now more appreciated. We're definitely seeing that happening in the, in the U.S. 
in regards to wine, Italian wine, I mean, obviously we've seen an increased quality. We've seen the small producers get a, have a bigger voice now, but we're definitely seeing from a region point of view, uh, the wine's coming from Sicily. Well, I'm not sure if it's the quality or it's the, the price point, but we're definitely seeing a nice increase of Sicilian wine entering the U.S. market, and there's more interest in that. I think also some of the, the U.S. Italians are not hiding their Italian, the Sicilian background. They're embracing it more now. And we're seeing more Sicilian restaurants doing very well with this. It's Sicilian wine list. Interesting. Okay. You, uh, I think you said you were planning on coming to Wine to Wine. This uh, broadcast will air prior to Wine to Wine. Tell me what you hope to accomplish there. And have, have you ever been? Do you know much about uh, the event itself? To be honest, I never really knew about Wine to Wine before. Uh, just, it worked out time-wise because I'll be in Berlin in Europe for Berlin Bar Convent. So it's an easy hop over from Berlin, obviously, to Verona. I'm already in Europe. I need to get more involved with the Italian wine market and meet certain people and some people who wouldn't have been in my competitions who want to meet, see my face. And especially because we've, had, we've not had pro wine the last two years, practically, people, some people actually want to see me. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing people at this event and really get a better understanding of the Italian wine market. Because, yeah, because sometimes we go, to, we go to a show like Pro Wine where it's everything there. It's hard to get a, a grasp or a chance to really focus on one country or region. Yes, you may have, let's say, Germany may have a hall and Austria has a hall. But, you know, when you deal with like the old world sections, a pro wine, you don't get the full effect. But coming to a straight Italian wine show like this, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to attend. Okay, so this is a think tank, which is one of Stevie Kim's brainchild. But the other associated event that's happening at the same time in the exhibition hall is a condensed version of what has traditionally been Italy, which is, in fact, the largest wine show in the world, larger even than Provine, but dedicated only to Italy. Uh, when you get there, I think you'll see there's these massive grounds with these huge buildings that get filled up and um, just acres and acres and acres of people. You've never been to Italy, right? I've not been to Italy. It's usually it's a hard date because my competition schedule to attend. So I've not been able to. There's a lot of shows I've not been able to attend because based upon my competition calendar, we try to do a lot of competitions in the first part of the year because people don't want to win a 2021 medal in November and they have a chance to really promote it that year. So we try to do more at the beginning of the year. One of the issues with competitions such as yours for the wine industry in particular is the vintage variation and not so much an issue with spirits but for wines it is do you have any recommendations on you know many wineries will have you know 5 10 15 more SKUs that they could enter uh, do you have any recommendations for them on what they should enter so let me answer it like a, that you're a cousin that I like not a cousin you see at funerals and weddings who wants money from you but a cousin that you like who owns a winery my first response to you would be is if you have a certain budget, send your best ones, send your best ones in and let that be your, you know, that BMW seven series top class situation. If you have the budget, I would also throw in some lower level ones that may do well, that are good value, that do well in our competitions, not just the best quality, but also a good value for the money type wines. So you may want to go for both sides of the spectrum. But it really comes down to what you feel in your gut, it will do well. It will do well in front of trade buyers and a blind taste test. In the American market. And for the U.S. market, yes. And again, also, sometimes what people submit to our competition is also, as we all do, we envision we this bottle should sell for 
X price. But reality is that's not going to sell through at that price. It may not be picked up for that price. You may need a, uh, an adjustment or a blind test reality to say, hey, maybe that bottle is priced too high. And that's what we give you in, in our competition because you basically are blind tasted by, by category or by price. Okay, so in the results from the competition, explain how, how that, that works. Well, if, the, if we tell the judge, again, I'll use an example, 10 Pinot Noirs from Wilmette Valley, 32, 35, 38, 46. At $46, it won a bronze. Maybe at 35, it could have won a silver, and at, 40, at $30, it could have won a gold because they're judging the quality by the price. Because someone walks into a liquor store and says, hey, I want to spend $30. What's your best Pinot Noir for $30? What do you recommend? I want to spend $50 because it's going to go to Steve's house and his wife's going to make me dinner. I want to spend $50. What do you recommend? People want the best value for that price point. Okay, that's an interesting point of difference that I think does make a difference. So here's a question I get asked all the time, and I have some um, joke answers, but I'd like to hear yours. And I know this is coming at you cold. What's the best bottle of wine? The one that you like or someone gave you free. <laughs> okay, fair enough. My answer, FYI, is the one I just sold. That was something a friend of mine once told me. What's the best bottle of wine? The one we gave a gold medal to. <laughs> okay, thank you. We've been talking with Adam Levy of the New York International Competitions, Wine, Spirits, Beer, and now Cheese. Um, it's grown larger than just New York. It's in multiple places around the world. If you're interested in entering your wines, Adam, you want to give us your contact information and the uh, URL for finding out more information? Sure. You can go to NYI winecompetition.com or international beverage competitions with an S on the end.com. And also please check out the alcoholprofessor.com and also the cheese professor. Because a lot of people in wine, they love cheese. So please check out also the cheeseprofessor.com. Okay. So a big, big thank you to Adam. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, enjoy the conversation. I look forward to uh, seeing you in person again in Verona. And I really look forward to meeting people at the, at the show. And if people are hearing the show and they want to reach out to me, please do in advance. You can also reach me at info at nyiwinecompetition.com or info at alcoholprofessor.com if you want to set up a meeting with me in Verona. Adam, thank you again. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you in a couple. Thank you. This is Steve Ray. Thanks again for listening on behalf of the Italian Wine Podcast. everybody. Italian Wine Podcast celebrates its fourth anniversary this year, and we all love the great content they put out every day. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People has become a big part of our day, and the team in Verona needs to feel our love. Producing the show is not easy, folks. Hurting all those hosts, getting the interviews, dropping the clubhouse recordings, not to mention editing all the material. Let's give them a tangible fan hug with a contribution to all their costs. Head to ItalianWinePodcast.com and click Donate to show your love. 